Hey, what's going on, Giants fans? Uh, welcome to the latest episode of our Talk is Cheap podcast from the Newark Star-Ledger, NJ.com, uh, NJ Advanced Media. Daryl Slater here with Bob Brookover. It is uh, Thursday, March the 9th uh, in, the, in the morning here as we're talking to you. And um, as the NFL world awaits the Aaron Rodgers stuff and the Jets, uh, obviously uh, the, the topic for the Giants is their quarterback, Daniel Jones. And so what we're going to do here, we haven't talked to you since our season wrap-up podcast. So obviously a few things have happened since then, mostly really this week as the Giants uh, – Gave a long-term contract, uh, well, we'll get into the how long-term, to Daniel Jones, and they franchise tag Saquon Barkley, and now they get ready here for the start of free agency, which really is next Monday. That's the start of the two-day negotiating window, legal tampering, as they say. Um, and then the signing period begins Wednesday on the 15th of March. Really, again, though, the uh, free agency starts on March the 13th on Monday because that's when a lot of these contracts are finalized in the negotiating window. So the signing period, the start of it's just a formality. Um, yeah, so the Giants' bottom line here, Joe Shane can be very active, certainly much more active than he was last year. I don't expect, like, crazy splurging. Um because, you know, he does have cap space. He doesn't have like 70 million in cap space, but he also has a ton of roster holes. This has got to be a volume approach. Um, you know, we don't need to get really into the draft, obviously, because with free agency is first and we'll, we'll do another one of these certainly before the draft and after free agency. But this is where things stand now. That's the bottom line of it all for the Giants. And uh, yeah, Bob. How you doing? And what's your read? Uh, your bottom line read on this this week so far for the Giants with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley back in the fold. We're back. I can't be. I couldn't be more excited that we are back. Uh, but so here's 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 kind of the bottom line. Uh, somewhat, you know, Pro Football Focus puts out its its top free agents, and you know, according to them, the Giants just signed the 13th and 14th best free agents. In the NFL, with and Saquon was 13, Daniel Jones is 14, according to them. So, you know, if you're talking about we're in the free agency period, that's a good start. Obviously, they were their own guys, but uh, you know, that was the number one thing on Joe Shane's to do list. He got it done, it took him till the very last minutes. I think he said it, it got done at 4 50 or 3 54 p.m. Um, but it got done, and now he can proceed from here. It'll be interesting to see how he proceeds, and I think you just kind of alluded to it. I don't, I don't think there's going to be any, um, you know, if we, let, let's put it this way, I don't think any of those twelve free agents, and some of them are quarterbacks, uh, and one of them is a running back, um, but any of those guys in front of those two guys will be signed by the Giants. But the Giants will be active in free agency. Um, and, you know, I, I think last year they signed two guys to long-term deals, Tyrod Taylor and Mark Lewinsky. I think we could see more than that um, and bigger names, certainly bigger names. You know, he was shopping at the – he was shopping from the penny saver last year with his cap situation. Now he can he can go get some guys, as he put it, you know, that could really help the depth of the Giants roster. I think I mentioned this at the season wrap up podcast, Joe Shane with another like snide remark the other day about how he didn't have cap space last year. Okay, dude, like we get it. Dave Gettleman did a terrible job. He left no cap space. Okay. So like, let's put a bow on that. You have cap space now. Now, like go show us you're a good GM, like give him credit for getting the Daniel Jones deal done. And we'll get into the, I'll get into the specifics in a minute. Give him credit for keeping Saquon Barkley. 
Uh, but like now it's Joe Shane's off season. We said it was a Brian Dable year in 2020. This is a Joe Shane off season in 2023. He needs to give this team more ammo in the draft and free agency. He needs to draft well, especially in the middle rounds, better than Dave Gettleman did there, low bar. Um, and so, okay, no more excuses. No more excuses. Like no more like talking about how they didn't have cap space and now they. So like, do something with it. Let's let, let's see how good of a GM you actually are. Uh, and no, it doesn't keeping just keeping Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley isn't enough. The Giants have a lot of issues here. So uh, okay, yeah, go. You can spend. Let's see what you got. Let's see if this guy is actually uh, a, a good GM. And 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 no, we don't know that yet. Okay, so like that's where I think we're at with Joe Shane. I'm not saying he's not. But, you know, we, it's it's unknown. Uh, we know Brian Dable's a darn good coach. Let's see if his GM can give him some ammo more than, you know, the, the previous GM did who did a, such a bad job that they put him in, you know, a cap mess. So um, a good example of this is so a year ago we were sitting here at this this time and, the you know, the Eagles had just gone nine and eight, I think, and got crushed by the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs who weren't that great a team anyway. Um, and in the off season, Howie Roseman went and got Hassan Reddick. He went and traded for AJ Brown. He made the moves that they needed. Uh, you know, the giants helped him by releasing Bradbury late and he was able to sign him. Um, you know, he made the moves that they needed to get to another level. It's the exact situation that Joe Shane is in now. Yep. And Nick Sirianni did a good job too. Um, and, um, you, you're right. That's a great comparison. Um, they need the GM now to elevate them. Uh, a year after, well, you know, a season after where the, the coach elevated them with a, with a low level of roster talent. Um, now they need the GM to to plug up the holes um, with more cap space and with a decent amount of draft capital. And um, so we'll see if he's up to the task in that department. Um, he certainly was in terms of getting this deal done with Daniel Jones. And um, yeah, I mean, so so here's the deal. Here's the, the I'll try to bottom line this like as simply as possible with this contract for Daniel Jones, and, and we can get into Saquon Barkley because it's a little in a bit because it's a little more streamlined. It's not a four year, one hundred and sixty million dollar contract. Like this isn't hard to, to to figure. Okay, so it's not forty million a year. All right, it is actually kind of forty million a year because what it amounts to is a two year, eighty two million dollar contract for the Giants. They have an escape hatch after the second year. Um, the, bot, the basic situation there is if Daniel Jones is is bad in the first two years of this deal and the Giants want to cut him and draft another quarterback, um, they can very easily do that. They would carry an $18 million dead money cap hit in 2025. They would free up $21.5 million in cap space. Now, remember, obviously, they'd be drafting a quarterback who would be on an affordable rookie contract, right? So you'd be committing your 18 and dead plus the small amount that the quarterback gets in terms of cap hit initially. It would not be hard for the Giants to cut Daniel Jones after two years, uh, having paid him $82 million. In no world was the practical guarantee in this contract $94 million. That was a lie. I mean, that was a straight up lie because yeah. the other $12 million does not kick in as a guarantee. It was initially reported next off season. Okay. So if it was next off season as a kick in, that means he really did get 12, 94 million practically guaranteed. And that means the year three cap hit is dicey. Okay. And the escape hatch is not very good after year two. Okay. But that 12 million does not kick in until 2025 which means the Giants essentially have a team option on Daniel Jones for 2025. If he's very good through two years, then yeah, 
the, they'll they'll let they'll activate the twelve million dollars to twenty twenty five. They'll keep them, and um, that's that. Uh, and his contract will become a three year hundred and twelve and a half million dollar contract. Uh, he'll never see the fourth year because if he's good, they'll rip it up and give him an extension. If he's bad through three years, they'll very easily cut him. But the bottom line is he got $82 million fully and practically guaranteed at signing. That's, that's it. That's it. That's what he got now. Right. Not, which does get him to the 40 million, $40 yeah. million part of the deal for him, which I, it, it sounded like that was important to him. And his agents. Um, sure. You know, the, the funny thing is, I remember talking to Joe Banner about uh, what a Jones contract should look like. This is back when this, I guess, it, it was it was back before the Super Bowl, essentially. Uh, we, we talked about it. And he basically, at that time, said the best thing for him and the team would be to have a, a short-term deal because then, you know, the team gets more time to see what he's, you know, what he is, uh, you know. And he gets a chance to, if he's really good to, you know, and, and if he thinks he's the quarterback that uh, the Giants are hoping he is, then he can go into that probably that with the increase of salary cap caps over the next few years can probably get into that $50 million range, which is where the quarterback salaries are going. Yes. Uh, great point. Because if, so, he, if he's good, so he's going to fit him in some way. Yeah, I mean, if he's good through three years, they'll rip up the fourth year and he'll get a ton more money at that point. So it's not like he boxed himself in uh, because the cap hit in year four is so prohibitive that even if Jones is good, the Giants won't want to take – if he's good, they're not going to let him go into the last year of his deal anyway, right? He'll still be young, and they'll say, all right, man, you were great. You took us to the brink of the Super Bowl. where We won a Super Bowl. Who knows in the next three years? Let's rip that up and give you a ton more money, and you're still young. And he can, he maybe, he, he, right. So that's, then he can cash in maybe, a, maybe a third time, right. Later on in his career. But first the, the, the reality of this is the guy has to play better. He's got to go earn the contract. He basically got $11 million more than he would have gotten if he played it out on two franchise tags. He was going to make 32 this year on the tag. The tag next year would have amounted to about 39, right? So that's 71 million. Right. Uh, granted, you're assuming there that he plays well enough to get a second tag this year. He could go out and just wet the bed this year. <laughs> like uh, we, we don't know. Like, I mean, this, the track record is not there. And that's one of the reasons why I think that this contract is good for Joe Shane, because it gives him um, the ability to move on. If Daniel Jones reverts to his 2019 to 2021 form, like that inconsistent form. Now they're obviously not hoping that that happens, right? They want, they want the guy. Yeah. To me, one of the most fascinating quotes yesterday during this, uh, the uh, Shane part of things was for the first time, at least that I've heard him, he admitted, you know what? I messed up by not putting the fifth year tag on him. Um, and yeah, you know, because, yeah. because it costs him more money. But maybe that was what Daniel Jones needed to nudge him to the next level. I don't know. Uh, maybe he would have gone there anyway, because Daniel Jones certainly uh, he's. He's not the best quote in the world, as we know. Uh, in fact, he might be in the bottom ten. Uh, <laughs> sure, but but he is a worker uh, and a good teammate, and all those things that you know football coaches like to say that they like to have in a player. Uh, the Brian Dale, he is all those things, uh, yes. and he proved that he is talented. Now um, he needs to go to another, like Shane needs to go to another level. Because he has better resources, 
He needs to get him better resources. And then Jones needs to go, you know, 15 touchdowns passing and seven rushing, 22 touchdowns isn't going to cut it uh, if you're going to become the team. And I, you know, we both know lots of people who are still very skeptical out there about whether Daniel Jones is a guy who can lead a team to the Super Bowl. Um, he can't with the he can't with the roster that they had last year. We already know that. Uh, and but if you bring back a similar roster, it's not going to happen. I want to see what happens with Daniel Jones when he has the number one receiver and he has a defense that is one of the better defenses in the NFL. That's the, that's what I want to see, and that's incumbent on Joe Shane to to get him that. It'll be fascinating to see that because then if he and then if he fails in that, I think then I think we know you know what he is, and then they move on. Uh, and if he thrives, look, the the reality in, in, is when you give a guy a franchise quarterback money, and this is very fair money, like Joe Shane did not overspend here, very obviously. Um, when you give a guy this money, the goal is to, to win the Super Bowl. When you're the Giants, that's the goal. Like they've won Super Bowls. They want to go win another. You're not talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars who would be happy with just getting to the Super Bowl, right? Right. The, win the Super Bowl. There's no middle ground here. Like, being just fine is not good enough. Like if you're just fine, then what's going to happen to you is what happened to Carson Wentz and Alex Smith. You move on and you draft another quarterback and hope he's as good as Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, right? And so that's uh, PFF did a great thing leading into the Super Bowl and lessons we can learn from the Chiefs and Eagles. And it's that just fine. It might as well be terrible at quarterback, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's that's especially again when you're the Giants and the bar is Super Bowl wins period um and so that's where that's where they need to get to obviously like you said they're not there yet um and i think uh you know they have a path here over the next couple years to get closer considering what they were able to accomplish with this really good coaching staff last year um that there's i think guarded optimism about the about their chances of getting there but like you said there's a lot of unknowns about daniel jones and his ability to you know, was was last year an aberration? I, I don't know. We're, I think we're about to find out over the next couple of years um, based on what he's able to do. But he obviously, like like we've said here, we've, he's got to elevate his level of play. He's got to play up to this contract. And, um, yeah, no, I think I think all of those are, are reasonable points. I don't think any of that is too harsh. Did One you- thing I really agree with Shane on, you know, when he talks about it's not just about wide receivers. I, I I, and, and this is not a great wide receiver free agent class by any means. Um, Jacoby Myers from the Patriots, I think, is generally considered the best receiver. Uh, I'm not sure he's a number one. Juju Smith-Schuster would probably be number two on that list. Don't think he's a number one. So I, I, I kind of agree with him that you don't necessarily have to get it from free agency right here. And you don't have to do it right now. But like other things can make Daniel Jones better that you, you wouldn't even think about. For instance... You know the Giants' cornerbacks had one interception last year. Wow, that's that, that, one total. Uh, you know, they, as a team, they had six. It was tied for the least in the the NFL. Getting, uh, you know, getting better defensive players to give Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley shorter fields and more turnovers and shorter fields can make Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley better. Uh, you know, by doing things like that. Um, it would really help the quarterback and, and the running back a lot. <laughs> For sure. And just to put, I'm going to put a bow on what Joe Shane said there about the fifth year option. I, he did not make a mistake. I don't blame him 
for me for declining the option. Like I'm, I'll be as hard on the. Like, I don't care. Like I'll, you know, me we'll, we'll sit here and rip these guys if they make them as we think we made, they made a mistake. But he didn't. Like I, he, I think he was saying he wished he had picked up the option. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But think about this for a minute. <laughs> what if he had picked up the option and Daniel Jones was bad again last year and they'd be stuck with him for this year on $22 million, which is what yeah. happened with the Panthers and Sam Darnold. They were, the option is fully guaranteed at the time right. it's picked up. It's binding now. Previously, it was not at all binding. So I don't, it's not, it's not a big deal. Like I, I think ultimately like, you know, yes, they gave him 82 million and yes, if he struggles, uh, everyone's going to say, well, you could have moved on after 22 million and in the fifth year option year, but you know what? It happens. Okay. So like they had to pay him, they had to pay him this off season. They couldn't really realistically let him play it out on 32 million. It would have restricted their free agency spending so much. The, the one so, thing they could have done though, if he picked up the fifth year option and he wasn't good, um, it, it, which I think maybe uh, not, maybe I think, when at this time a year ago, this was the scenario Joe Shane and Brian Dable thought they'd be looking at right now is they'd be talking about drafting in the top 10 and drafting one of these quarterbacks. And then you can draft one of those quarterbacks. And even though you have, uh, even though you would have uh, Daniel Jones, uh, bad, the bad Daniel Jones on your roster still, you could, you, you know, you could you start the season with him as your quarterback or say, we're going into the season with a competition and then you're paying the quarterback 22 million, uh, but you're only you know whatever 23 million for the base salary and against your your cap. But you're you're getting to look at that new young quarterback. So you yeah there was that option there, and he and he would be cheap. I mean, so there's a lot to look at there. Um, but I, I think as we're dealing with like the way it is now, um, Joe Shane didn't overcommit to Daniel Jones. This is smart. Like the contract is smart. Um, I think it's. I, I, I think it's a good deal for the Giants. Um, and yeah, Daniel Jones got his 40 a year, but he got it in two over 82. That's what the 40, he got 41. He got more than 40. He got, he got a two-year contract worth $82 million. Right. Uh, and so, but, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, that's which the cynical way. Which doesn't suck. <laughs> What's that? Which doesn't suck. <laughs> Look, I mean, if you're Jones and you're sitting there saying, okay, do I take the 82? And bet on myself with some of these incentives mixed in and maybe bet on myself that it gets to one twelve and a half if I'm not really bad over the next year. Or I do do I play hardball and, and take 32? I mean, it's really hard. I mean, 32 million is a lot of money. But if someone's offering you 82 or the potential to get to one twelve and a half, it's like, geez, I got to take that, right? <laughs> like, I mean, come on. Like, uh, he's already made quite a bit of money in his career, obviously, because he was a high draft pick. Um, but no, yeah, no one can blame him for taking what some people regard as a team friendly contract. Um, you know, and I know he'll say like they wanted, he wanted to give him a chance to build around him and maybe he actually feels that way. Um, but you know, look, the bottom line is the guy has confidence in himself as he should. Uh, that's how these guys get to these high achieving positions. Um, and, um, if he plays as he continues to play well, Everything will work out. He'll get the money from this deal. He'll get more money. He'll win. He'll have a lot of success. Everything will happen. I mean, it just comes down to Joe Shane doing his part and Daniel Jones doing his part. And um, and, and and you mentioned Saquon Barkley there a few minutes ago. Okay, so the situation with him now is the Giants were able to franchise tag him, 
because they beat the deadline with Daniel Jones. So that Be, had- before before we go there, let's. I just want to make one more point, and then we'll go. To, then we'll go to Saquon. Uh, one of the interesting things to me is the is, on Jones. This is incentives, and they can only add up to four million. But another four million is a nice chunk of change for for anybody. And so I, I think they gave him makeable incentives uh, with one million. Uh, for being a top 15 quarterback, 1.5 million for being um, a top 10 quarterback with um, and what, what's it go to one, another 1.5 million if he's in the top five. Now here's my question. Uh, so that that would get him the four million uh, also playoff incentives up to five million. Uh, but how do they decide whether he's a top 15 quarterback or not? Yeah, so that's that's the nitty gritty that so pro football talk and Mike Florio they do a good job. Mike does a really good job of getting these contracts and reporting them out and what they really truly mean. And that the things you're referring to were, were put in that post by Mike. And um, yes, so we need to know like a little more about what that means, right? Like how how are you defining that? Are you talking about quarterback rating or uh, right or Q, ESPN rating or who? who I presume you know, it's yeah. one. I presume it's QBR, right? Like. Uh, yeah, but the, I, I I don't I don't know that for sure. Like I I do know in, I do know in baseball they have like a it it a, a written I'm sure they're doing the NFL too a written language about how that that is determined. Uh, sure, but I I just don't know what it is, and I I don't remember what it is in baseball, and I don't know what it is in football. So, so the, the 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 totality of those incentives for Daniel Jones is it was framed as like he has seventy million in incentives, but he can earn thirty five, and I think what that kind of means is like. You can't be cumulative, right? So if you're a top five quarterback, you get the top five incentive money, I think. Or anyway, but what, whatever. The bottom line is, in reality, he can get make $35 million more in incentives. Like, just forget I even said the 70 thing. It's just confusing, um, right. as is the little nebulous nature of some of that stuff. Um, so, yes, it, you know, again, the incentives are – you see a lot of that being baked into these contracts now because uh, it doesn't – necessarily affect the cap hits on the front end um it allows some flexibility i think eventually you have to account for that with your salary cap somehow but um but in terms of uh in terms of saquon barkley uh there's probably going to be some incentives in his contract uh certainly in terms of maybe per game roster bonuses right because availability has been an issue for him they have him now here's the thing with saquon barkley they got him trapped he has no leverage uh and this guy, this is the reality of the NFL and the way it went for him. He will probably never hit true free agency in the prime of his career ever. Uh, he had a the reality, the reality of being a running back. Yes, uh, he was drafted second overall, so he got a massive contract to start. Um, you think about if you go year by year, right? If he had he played through an injury in nineteen, but he did okay. If he had not gotten hurt in the second game of twenty twenty, and he had played well. He probably would have gotten a new contract after that year. Um, he obviously, they bring him back. You know, he comes back off the injury in 2021. Say he had had a good rebound year. He probably would have gotten paid there. They would have ripped up the fifth-year option. He would have gotten paid. He didn't play well in 2021 while returning from the ACL. So he had to play out the duration of the deal um, in twenty um, in 2022 sure. on the fifth-year option. And so then he sits here and... Um, and, 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 and let's think about it like this. If six more minutes had passed by and Daniel Jones had gotten the franchise tag, Saquon Barkley would be much 
would be richer than he's going to be this year. Sure, he would have had some, he would have had some leverage out on the market, especially with with Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard getting tags. Yep, um, he would have been the top top back on the market. But he would have been without, gone. Yeah, without question. And yes, he he would have been gone. He would have been gone. So it's probably a conflicting feeling for him because he likes the Giants and he wants to be back. But the fact that they got a deal done with Daniel Jones cost him a lot of money. That's the reality. And it cost him a chance to really ever get to free agency in the prime of his career because say he really wants to play hardball and says, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to play this year. I'm going to, I'm going to play out this year, bet on myself again, have a second straight prove it year. And then I'm going to hit free agency next year. The guy's going to be 27 next year with a lot of tread in his tire. Uh, you know, with the injury history with, with the stigma around the position now, uh, do, do you do that if you're him? Like, or do you just say, you know what? It's just never going to work out for me in terms of hitting true free agency. I'll, instead of taking the 10-1 for this year, I'll take whatever you're going to offer me and guarantee. Let's say it's like slightly north of the Nick Chubb contract. He got 20 million practically guaranteed. Let's say they say to Barkley, we're going to give you 25 million practically guaranteed. Like, I think he has to take that, right? It's less than he would have wanted, but I'm, I think he has to take it. Yeah, you know, another interesting thing about Shane yesterday is when, when I asked him about Saquon, you know, he's, he was on the record of saying he wasn't going to be happy. Um, and you got the you got the feeling that Shane was a little, like, felt like, you know what, we made him a fair offer, um, and he yeah. didn't take it. So I, and he basically said, you know, we're, we're a little frustrated too because we felt like we made him a fair offer, and he turned it down. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so, um, but now, the, you know, do they, they don't even have to make him what they think is the fair offer anymore, really. I mean, he's theirs. So it's like, okay, Saquon, what do you want to do? You I know. know. I know. It's crazy. They could go back and be like, you know what? <laughs> if they really wanted to be jerks, you know what? We're going to remove that offer. I don't think they would do that. Um, like during yeah, the season. Because they like the, they like the player. They like the person too sure. much. I mean, during the season, they essentially offered him the Nick Cup Chubb contract, which is. 36.6 over three. So that was Chubb got 12 to a year. They basically offered him that. And then I think reportedly the, the current offer is at 13. So like they're not increasing. So if they were going to go back to the Chubb offer, they'd be really pinching pennies, right? So if they're right. offering him 13 a year, which is slightly north of the Chubb deal, which is why I said, I think he'll get practical guarantees a little bit north of 20, 20 million, right? You get a factor in cap inflation there. So um, it's going to be, I mean, they're not going to commit to him for long term in terms of the uh, it'll be like essentially a two year commitment on on a three year true deal. Um, and and yeah, it's going to be probably 13 ish a year. I mean, the, the 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 it'll be a long time. I mean, we're going to have to factor in cap inflation, but like the 15 and 16 million a year that Ezekiel Elliott and Christian McCaffrey got zero chance of a running back getting that anytime soon, let alone Saquon Barkley, who has zero leverage now it's by the way like it's just like there's zero chance of a running back getting taken in the top 10 in the draft it's just not going to happen anyway it's you know, not and it's and it's a fascinating year not to get too deep into the weeds on the draft but it, it's a fascinating year because there's there's a freakish back out there Bijan robinson from texas um who a lot of people a lot of the draft experts have in like their top five players in the draft but he could slip to where the Giants are drafting at number twenty-five. Um, you know, and it's it, it's funny that you you wonder how these guys in these draft rooms think. Like, you know, they know what talent is, but 
They're like, you know, we're not going to draft running backs this high, but when a guy starts slipping beyond the 20s and he's considered one of the five best players in the draft and a difference-making back, you know, what goes through their minds? So, No doubt. I mean, and 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 we're talking about the Elliott deal. He, he got a $50 million practical guarantee. McCaffrey got 38-1. I mean, Saquon Barkley will not sniff those numbers. And, and, and in terms of Nick Chubb, he was a 35th overall pick in a year when Barkley went two in 2018. And um, Nick Chubb has vastly outperformed Saquon Barkley, largely because of health issues. And again, for the umpteenth time, I'll say that, you know, Dave Gettleman, again, should have drafted Quentin Nelson at two and Nick Chubb in the second round instead of going Barkley and Will Hernandez now. Right. Well, we, I mean, we look at this, look, look at this list of, of, uh, you know, the, the top paid back start, starting with Kamara. He's a, he's a third round pick. Um, Yep. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a second round pick, I believe. Yep, a second round pick. Um, Derek Henry's a second round pick. Chubb's a second round pick. Mixon's a second round pick. Um, Aaron yep. Jones is a fifth round pick. You know, these are the top paid backs. So. Yeah, I mean, it was just not the right decision to do what they did. Now, Barkley's a very good player. Chubb's a very good player. Quentin Nelson's a very good player. Will Hernandez stinks. Uh, he stunk for the Giants, certainly. And so. Um, yeah, there you go. I mean, they, that all the ripple effects all these years later of the Dave Gettleman ineptitude and, uh, but it, you know, they're going to keep Saquon Barkley is going to be around. They obviously, I think some, you know, you, you could look at it cynically and say, well, why don't they just play it out with Barkley at 10 one and like, whatever. Well, that's because, you know, you want to lower the number a little bit and try to get some flexibility and free agency. Um, granted, you also don't want to turn a good, a good locker room leader into a malcontent. <laughs> Correct. And, and there's a human factor here too. And, and, and granted Barkley could make this go past free agency. He has until July 17th to get this deal done. Uh, we shoot Bob, we, you and I were sitting there at three fifty five and thinking, okay, Jones is going to get a franchise tag and this thing is going to eat up our whole summer. You know, like, and, right. and that could be the Barkley thing. It could go on, but obviously it's different when you're talking about the quarterback um, because Barkley quite frankly, is more expendable than Daniel Jones, even if in a, in a vacuum, he probably is a more talented football player. Um, just the nature and, of the position. And, 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 you know, already from the outset, Barkley did the classy thing and congratulate, you know, went on Twitter and congratulated Daniel Jones on his contract. So, you know, these guys who they are, it's hard for them to, you know, become something that they're not, you know, that he's not going to become Terrell Owens just because the things went, did not go his way. So. Sure. And, you know, everybody wants to maximize their value. That's just human nature. Um, you know, but I think these guys, you know, they're genuinely, genuinely friendly. It, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're actual best friends, whatever, it doesn't matter, but they're, they work well together. They're very good coworkers. They're good, very good locker room guys. They get along. We know that, um, you know, even though we can't profess to know any of these guys in a deep level, but um, yeah, they like playing together. Like all of that is, all of that is, inarguably true. Uh, they had success. I think it would be different if, if they were coming off a year where they were a little embittered, you know, by not having success, they finally had long awaited success together. A lot of great memories from last year. And yeah, it, for as cynically as we look at this giants roster from the outside of saying, Oh, they're pieces away, blah, blah, blah. Uh, which, you know, maybe I shouldn't dismiss it with blah, 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 because they are pieces away. They're not like a true, true contender yet. These guys in the locker room think probably, hey, like we can go take the next step like right now. Like, let's go do it. Uh, and so perhaps that's what Saquon Barkley is thinking. And 
as they try to take the next step, like, so their, their cap situation is uh, basically like when you bottom line it for when they're going to release Kenny Galladay, that's not going to be a post June one cut. Um, if you can, the, the Jones deal is on the books for 19 million in year one, which is about 13 and a half cheaper than the tag would have been. We know the Barkley thing is at 10.1 right now. Um, you have to factor in what Joe Shane would will have to set aside for his draft picks. Um, and again, um, factoring in the uh, Kenny Galladay um, number. Uh, I wrote this today, so I'm trying to look at it. There it is. About 22.1 million in cap space right now for free agency. Once you factor in all those things, um, really just you, Which you still have puts, to- them, puts them in the top seven, eight teams in the NFL in, in, in that regard. Um, exactly. Yeah. They're, so not, they're, they're not the bears who are sitting there with $94 million to spend. Um, and then you know what, like how often do teams that like win the off season ever really win? I mean, the jets, Yeah. all you gotta do is think about the jets when they, when they sign Le'Veon Bell or the Trumaine Johnson deal, like they the, sign Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going, they're going to give up draft compensation for him too. Um, so Winning the offseason doesn't always translate. And and so Joe Shane, he's seen what happened with the Golden Tate contract and most recently the Kenny Galladay deal. I don't think he's inclined to go and do something like the Jets did when they spent an insane amount of money on C.J. Mosley, who by all accounts is a very good locker room guy and has performed reasonably well with the Jets. He was never going to perform up to that insane contract for a middle linebacker. And that's applicable because the Giants need you know inside linebackers here. Uh, I don't see that happening. I think Joe Shane is really deliberate. Uh, he need, He's going to and needs to take a volume approach, not like an insane big swing approach. Um, and so I think that's how he has to look at this. And he also has to balance the fact that Dexter Lawrence um, obviously should be getting a long-term contract this offseason and in no way should be willing to play on his fifth-year option. I don't think Andrew Thomas's deal happens. It sounds like this offseason, based on what Joe Shane said the other day. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound like he feels like he has the, the the capital to do it right now. Yeah, and and you know, just all you know, all the cap's going to go up. It's twenty two point twenty. It's two hundred and twenty four right now. It's projected at two fifty six next year, then two eighty two, then three oh eight. So it's going to go up a lot. So they can wait on Andrew Thomas, uh, but Dexter Lawrence has to get done. I think. Um, and then they got to figure out where, where do you think we know Dexter Lawrence will be back. We know he's probably getting paid. We know Jones is back. We know Barkley's back. Um, we know what their cap situation is. So all of that considered, like let's start with the in-house guys. Uh, and I'll just run it down this list based on what Spotrack has. So where do you fall on Nick Gates? Yeah. I mean, under a a team friendly deal, I would bring Nick Gates back. It's funny because You know, we, 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 I think we both agree, and I think the Giants, if you shot them up and got them to tell you what they really think, um, shot them up with some truth serum, they did tell you that we need to get better in the interior line. Um, but at the scouting combine, Shane mentioned both Nick Gates and John Feliciano as good leadership guys, and you got to consider that when you're, you're making these decisions. Um, okay, but do you bring them both back? Or to me, you, you choose one or the other. And if I was choosing between those two, Nick Gates is a little younger. Uh, I'd probably choose Nick Gates over John Feliciano. A hundred percent. Four years younger. Played better last year. Uh, all things being equal on the leadership character front, you go Nick Gates there. John was the next in the list. 
really fun guy to deal with last year, obviously, but I think he'll be a great team leader. Really good. If, you know, yeah. uh, really just sort of, from, from a personal standpoint of going and working in the locker room, I sure hope they bring John Feliciano back. Yeah, I do. You know, I do too. Nice guy. I don't think he'll be back though. Uh, you know, Sterling Shepard's atop this list. I mean, his con they didn't release him. I think people were confused about that. There was an automatic void in the contract. He was always going to hit free agency. Like, I don't think they bring Sterling Shepard back, right? Like, there's no point doing that. It just he's just been hurt too much. And again, you know, you go to the leadership part. Absolutely terrific. Stayed around the whole season. The only guy who really got hurt that did that. Uh, but I think you, you you need to move on from him. We'll go. Uh, we'll group these two guys together. And Justin Ellis and Nick Williams. There are a couple older defensive tackles. Nick Williams coming off the torn biceps. Uh, I mean, they, they'll. I, I think know. they're both gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, they can go ahead and um, you know, as Joe Shane said the, yesterday when he when he talked on his video chat there with uh, media, you know, the Giants don't need to do these these minimum salary benefit veteran deals. They can <laughs> a little more. And those guys are were a reflection of how, um, and I think I think the guy they they really like there is Ryder Anderson. Yeah, uh, I think they really like him, and, and I you know they were playing DJ Davidson quite a bit before he tore his ACL in London. So I think they have some younger guys that they'd really like to look at there, and maybe they you know I, I could because if you're going to add a veteran there though. Add add one you really think can have more of an impact and be like a guy that gets Dexter Lawrence off the field more than he had to be on the field last year. For sure. Ryder Anderson with an $870,000 cap hit next year. And obviously DJ Davidson in year two of it, you know, super cheap, you know, so that those are, those are dream players for a GM a productive guy um, who costs nothing. Um, uh, so, and this isn't, we're, you know, I'm only going, I don't know why the Spotrack lists these guys like this, but the next guy, Matt Breida, um, probably not back. Right. I think they'll go with a younger backup running back. They could. I mean, I guess it's possible he's back. He's obviously a guy they like. They brought him from Buffalo. Uh, so they liked him in Buffalo. Uh, and again, he, he falls under a good, good locker room guy. Uh, I, I wouldn't absolutely say he's not back. Um, Obviously, at a cheap, cheaper rate, um, I think he's on the fence uh, in terms of a guy they could bring back. That's fair. Casey Kreider, the long snapper. We don't need to get too much into that. I think he's fine, right? You could bring him back. He's still <laughs> if a guy doesn't mess up as the long snapper, I think you want him to keep being your long snapper. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jihad Ward. Uh, oh, he's an interesting one. Because I, he, he, he was productive at – time he didn't have a great year like the reality is he didn't uh he's gonna be he's gonna be 29 in may on on the positive side he knows the defense um that you know and, they, he's, they and, he's a good, and he's a good locker room guy a guy that they all loved having around uh this, they had him for pennies last year though and he's another guy that he's another guy that um shane mentioned as you know a quirky leadership guy i don't know if that's the exact word he used but but certainly one of them you know, to me though, okay, you got these two young pass rushers. You got the issue of whether Aziz can stay healthy. Um, you need a third uh, guy who can really get after the quarterback. Um, yes. You know, as much as the as much as the Giants blitz, I think they finished with forty sacks, which what you know was among the top ten in the league. But you would 
you know, when you blitz as often as Wink Martindale does, you, you he can say what he wants about sacks, and they, they got their share of pressure. But there's, you know, a sack uh, pressure is not as good as a sack. Uh, ask Hassan Reddick, who talks about, you know, I don't just go for sacks; I go to strip the ball. I, I, he said, as I'm approaching the quarterback, I decide whether I'm going to go for the strip or not. He said, and it's in a split second. Sacks. More things can happen with sacks. Uh, they need they need more, and 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 that's not Jahad Ward's strength. It's not O'Shane Zemina's strength. You know they need to and jumping ahead here a little bit, but they need to get more pressure from their their reserve outside linebackers, and they need to have better insurance for Aziz next year. Bingo! Great all points all there. I mean, we can just breeze over Zimenez. He's toast. Uh, he's he third round pick who has not performed up to it. Uh, and, and speaking of what you're referring to there, the Giants blitzed out of their minds. PFF still they had him twentieth in the pass rush rating. So Dexter Lawrence was an incredible pass rusher last year. Uh, the Giants did not get nearly enough production. Now Aziz Ojolari pass rushed well when he was healthy. wasn't healthy enough. Kayvon Thibodeau performed well in spots. Leonard Williams was again. Just fine as a pass rusher, not elite. That's just, that's never going to be him. Over the long haul, 20th in, in PFF's pass rush ratings. They've got to be better, especially when they're blitzing as much as they do. And all those points, uh, all that underscores your point about, um, I think, Jihad Ward. They're going to move on there and Zimenez move on and try to get more production um, in terms of getting more bang for their blitz and bang, you know, <laughs> bang for their buck out of the uh, – out of the pass, the non Thibodeau Ojolari edge rusher guys. And so they need to be better as, as a pass rushing group. Like you can look at, like, even like you said, the raw number on sack isn't great, nor is the fat, this PFF rating, which takes into account everything. And so right. Dexter Lawrence did his part. The other guys didn't do enough. They need to get better. Uh, moving down the list to Tony Jefferson and an aging safety. Uh, probably not. Right. Probably not. I would say, uh, I mean, again, again, good leadership guy, Wink Martindale likes him. He had him in Baltimore. Um, t- terrific, terrific locker room guy, but I'd say you move on from him. Jamie Gillen, not a good year last year. No, he's, he's, a, he'll, it'll be interesting to see what they do at, at the punter situation because it was, you know, he, he obviously had moments where you see his booming leg, but you know, you want guys that, um, you know, shift the field, put the ball inside the 20 or consistent, you know, one of the under the radar things about the giants is I, I, Rick Goslin, who does, has been doing it for 42 years is his special teams rankings uh, came out with them the other day. Uh, I don't know how long ago, but I, I saw, looked at them the other day and he, the giants, I think were either 28th or 29th in special yep. teams, according to his rankings. The, the, really bad. The the and I I know Rick well, but I have, I'd love to ask him this question. In all the years he's been doing it, the interesting thing was the very last team on the list was the Kansas City Chiefs, and one above them was the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> uh, I gotta think that's a real anomaly for those rankings. But um, but the um, you know, it, Shane has alluded to it that he wants to get better on special teams than he was last year, and maybe Jamie Gillen's part of that. We all like Thomas McGahee, nice guy, but uh, 25th PFF had him in special teams last year. They were bad on special teams, period. Um, And, you know, part of that could be that the roster depth was not what they needed to be. And when your roster depth is not good, that probably reflects on your special teams. It does reflect on your special teams, I'm sure. 
Um, you know, so, and the one Great time point. he, and, and the one time Brian Dable tried to insert one of his starters into a vital role at punt returner, how did that work out? <laughs> which brings us to the next guy on our list great points um, all and, and 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 um oh yeah and it's funny rick, i just i wanted to make the point about the rick rick's ratings he does a really good job obviously it's just ironic i guess that the chiefs were i don't know if ironic but that the chiefs were so low and then our old pal uh Kadarius tony had that like hugely important punt return in the super bowl um which, which you know when i when i was watching that i'm like God, why didn't they just insert him in punt returner at times? You know, like just to yeah. see. Uh, but well, I mean, but part of that was because he was never healthy enough to be on the field. Correct, correct. So, uh, so yeah. Rich and James, what do you do there? I think I think there's a case to be made for bringing him back on like a really cheap deal to to be. Uh, I mean, he's not going to be your starting slot receiver uh, because on a- an interesting thing will be how other teams look at Richie James. You know, yeah. because because he was productive as. A receiver. I mean, he really was as a third, you know, third or fourth receiver. Um, and then to have a guy who, you know, he did, you know, he obviously got benched for, for turning over two punts in in, in Seattle. Um, but he's he's a guy who is pretty shorthanded for the for the most part. Um, so other teams could look at him and say, "Hey, we're going to," uh, you know, it was interesting the the, the number that. Uh, Shane put out there yesterday just talking about a random player was two and a half million dollars. Could you see a guy like Richie James getting two and a half million dollars? Yeah, I could. Sure. Um, yeah. So. I mean, the cap is up and all that, and it always is going right. to go up. So it'll be interesting to see that one. Um, in terms, and we'll tie that, I'll tie that into a point about slot receiver, right? So he's not going to be their slot. They want Wandale Robinson to be that. But remember, Wandale Robinson tore his ACL late in the year. They, they got to figure out who's who their starting slot receiver is going to be in week one. That might be a position they're going to have to go out and make a lower profile signing um, because we're talking about, let's see, like their areas in need, right? And we, we can get to that, but slot receiver is one to keep, keep in your back pocket there. Um, that ties kind of into our next one in terms of areas in need is Fabian Moreau, the corner. He's got to be a goner, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he's, he's gone. He, you know, given what they needed and how they got him, he did a fine job for them last year. Uh, he, just, he, he was playing really well in a reserve role. And then early on as a starter, he played pretty well. He made, had a huge play down in Jacksonville to to, yeah. to preserve that win. But as the season wore on, he seemed to wear, wear down um, and um, was not playing nearly as well the last, whatever, six, seven games of the season. Uh, and, yeah, I think they, they move on from him. Uh, you know, they have they have a stable of young players like a Nick McLeod, um, Aaron Robinson will be back uh, competing. So they have some guys uh, to compete for that job right now. I think they are still going to want to find somebody uh, maybe more high profile than that to play across from Dory Jackson. But but Fabian Moreau is not going to be the guy next year. Yeah, I agree that they're going to have to. That's another one that they're going to uh, have to sort out in free agency along with along with slot receiver. Um, and along with, um, and oh, again, I mean, it's something that they could use the 25 pick on a cornerback for sure. Um, and, yep. and maybe, and maybe you, that's the guy you plug in there. So, yep. Marcus Johnson, the receiver, he's gone. They phased him out of the offense, you know, as, as they went along, right. Gotta be gone. Yep. Absolutely. 
And here, here come the two biggest names on our list. <laughs> yeah, we talked on Zimenez, and they, and I don't know why, why did, why did they, they? I think this is sorted by twenty twenty two average annual value, right? Which is funny that ju- the average annual value of these last two guys because they were on their rookie contracts, right? Uh, and one has big pay cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great point. Uh, Julian Love, Darius Slayton. Okay, so Julian Love, uh, you know, great locker room leader, uh, played well. Obviously, came out and said, "You know what? I got to look out for myself." A smart guy, he gets it. No one ever should be blamed for saying that, whether it's in uh, the realm of football or outside of it. Uh, bottom line, is he back? I'm starting to think no. I um, agree. Yeah, just from the what what Joe, this goes off from what he said last week at the scouting combine. Um, you know, he. I just think they. They want to really get better at that position. I think they really want to get better at the, the takeaway part from the secondary. Um, you know, um, incidentally, Julian Love was tied for the league, the team lead in interceptions with two, and he was tied with Dane Belton, who's not going to be the starting safety next year. I don't think. Um, you know, Pinnock could be in the mix, but they need they maybe not, right? I, I think they want to go get a player at this position. The, the name that keeps sticking out to me, and and it's entirely possible that they could, you know, target one guy that they really want to spend on. Uh, and and think I almost think it's probable. And Jordan, he's 32, Jordan Poyer's out there. Um, he, he, yeah, and he came from Buffalo, he's he was a seventh round pick who really, I remember when he was drafted by the Eagles, but he went to Buffalo and really flourished. Um, who's really become an impact guy there. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. He didn't have a great year last year. Uh, and it could be a mistake letting Julian Love go because I think he's an ascending player um, who, who, who's who got a real determination about him. Julian just did not finish strong. He did not have a good playoff game against the Eagles. Uh, he, although he did play well against uh, Justin Jefferson the week before with with the help of McKinney, you know, they played very well as a team that day. Um, I think it could be a mistake to let Julian Love go, uh, but I, I think they're going to search elsewhere for that position. And, and, and with the other thing he keeps referring to, he's got an eye towards signing uh, Xavier McKinney after um, next season. You know, that, that that's a guy they're keeping in mind that they have to pay him. And I think they view him as a better player. Um, for sure. And, 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 Probably right, but Julian was the guy who did everything right last year. Uh, so, and Xavier didn't have a great year last year. He did not, and he had the ATV accident, and uh, he does not have a fifth year option available because he was a second round pick. So next year, twenty twenty four, will be uh, the final year of his uh, of his rookie contract. So that's something to keep in mind. He's due to hit true free agency uh, with obviously the potential for. Uh, uh, the franchise tag or whatever uh, next off season. But um, uh, so Darius Slayton had an okay year, not as good as Julian Love drops an issue there still, you know, he's probably at best, you know, what a number two and a half or maybe three receiver. It, it's interesting though. I, was, I forget exactly where I was saying. I was looking at somebody's free agent rankings at wide receiver and they had him number four on the list. <laughs> Not a good year for free agent wide receivers, which bodes well for him. Yes. Um, so it, it, it does. Um, he's, you know, he's an interesting one because he obviously loves playing in New York. He, 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 he you know, he defended Daniel Jones just the other day, 
after he got his contract, the Bears, a guy from the Bears ripped Daniel Jones, and he immediately tweeted at him, you know, the, the score of the Bears-Giants game last year. Uh, so, you know, he is such a good locker room guy, and if he's willing to come back at what the Giants deem a fair price, I would bring him back. Um, I don't know if they will, but, you know, if, you know, we talked earlier about Joe Shane and not picking up, um, picking up Daniel Jones fifth year option as possibly being a mistake. But if there's an obvious, obvious mistake, uh, it was the way he treated Darius Slayton last year. So, yeah. And I, you know, you wonder if, uh, I talked to Darius Slayton about this, like late in the year, all of it, you know, like, does he hold it again? Like, do, does he say, you know what? Like, screw you. I'm going to go take the best offer. Or, do, you know, w- would he give the Giants a little discount to come back? He said, you know, he really, really – he and Daniel Jones get along really well. They actually have a good connection. Uh, they're both kind of quieter guys, a little bit, like, kind of sarcastic. And, uh, well, Darius at least. Um, and so um, yeah, they get along well and they have a good connection. And so that was one thing he was saying, like, he, he – late in the year – you know, whether Daniel Jones is back was going to be a big factor and whether he wanted to come back. Now, it's not clear if the Giants even want him back, Darius Slayton, but Daniel Jones is back, so we'll see how that manifests itself. So, This is an interesting way to look at it. So SpotRack has him, his market value is $3.5 million and getting a two-year $7 million deal. Would you bring it? Would you do it for that? What was it again? Sorry. $3.5, two years, $7 million. Sure. Yes. Yeah. I think I would too. I think I would too. I think there's value there. I think the, the, the biggest knock against Darius is, is he drops too many balls, but for sure. Um, but he's got value. He's definitely got value for, you know, the yards per catch and his ability to get open deep uh, as the roster is current, currently constructed. They don't have anybody else like that. Maybe Wondell Robinson can be like that. We'll, we'll see. Uh, but um you know, he's the best they've got on the roster right now in that regard. So with with Saquon Barkley back, with Daniel Jones back, and all of that considered that we just talked about with their in-house free agents, the roster holes on this team, I think um, they, you know, they got to figure out maybe who's going to be their slot receiver in week one as Wondell Robinson tries to come back, their interior line that we talked about, and like who's going to be the center because Daniel Jones has now had four centers in four years. Um Maybe a, like a receiving tight end, a guy who can supplement Dan, Daniel Bellinger. They need to get more production out of tight end, and, and they like Bellinger. But other than that, they got nobody there. Um, and then the only other – well, the only other, the main <laughs> uh, offensive issue need would be outside receiver. And so uh, a number one receiver. So, like, I think – I don't think I'm missing anything with the broad strokes look at their offensive holes there. Uh just to zero in on, and I don't think we need to get too in depth in any of that, except like I think outside receiver. So w- should they be in the mix to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta look at it to yep. see what what is wanted in return. Yeah, if you're the Giants, you have to you have to do your due diligence on on that. Um, you know, but when you get into something like that, you're competing with a lot of other people f- for for those services. So. Uh, and Joe Shane seems to still be in the a little bit conservative uh, part of putting this team together. Um, you know, I, I think he's in his mind that 2020 
four is the year where the Giants are really going to make noise. Yep. Um, but but if if something like that comes along and you you see, I mean, I don't think to go back to the Eagles again. Apologize to all the people who hate me when I go to the Eagles. Uh, AJ, I don't think AJ Brown at this time last year was on uh, Howie Roseman's mind, uh, at least in the front of his mind. But as the off season went on, it, it developed that way. So you keep it in mind and you see if it can happen. You know, and AJ Brown's a little different than Hopkins just because he's younger. Um, and Hopkins is has declined a little bit in recent years. Um, and so he is going to be 31 this summer. And if you look I at the realize, month, I didn't realize he's that old. Yeah. And, and if you look at the, he's got two years left in his contract. It's kind of a moot point to 2024 year because there's no more guaranteed money left in the deal. But the sticking point here uh, is the salary in 2023, 19.45 million. Like he's, he's got to be willing to adjust the contract and lower that wherever he goes. Um, I don't know, like would the Cardinals eat some of that? I, I don't, because they don't have to, because it's not, it's not guaranteed. Right. So. And the the other part is he's not been entirely healthy the last two years, so that's that's part of it too. I mean, he was such a, he was a great receiver for you know is he is he at, at, in real decline? You got to make that decision too. Whereas you knew AJ Brown wasn't. You're right. Yeah. So there's that's it's a tricky one because T Higgins is not being traded by the Bengals that I think Joe Burrow would and should throw you know engineer a mutiny if they traded T Higgins. Um, so. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of things to juggle there at receiver, and you know what? Maybe they address receiver in the draft. So, but they have to address it somehow. They have to give Daniel Jones not only better interior line protection and hope Evan Neal gets better too in pass protection, but they have to get this guy more weapons, right? I mean, like like we that's where we started with this. Absolutely, and I've mentioned this a few times in things that I've written. A, a, a guy that intrigues me, and he's only 27 years old is Mike Gusecki, who kind of fell out of favor last year in Miami. Uh, you know, as they got Tyree Kill, and he kind of became an afterthought in their offense. You know, uh, teams with really two good tight ends are, are a nightmare um, for de- opposing defenses. And he would be – I think he'd be a great complement to, you know, him and Bellinger together would be make a nice set of uh, – for 12 personnel for the Giants to run – and for Daniel, you know, for Daniel Jones, okay, could that also open up things for the receivers? Yeah, I think it could. Um, so, but we'll see. There's there's lots of stuff to to be settled here in the next two three months. That would be a homecoming for Mike Kosicki, a South Jersey guy, and so um, that kind of offensively, yeah. I mean, and I think we touched on defensively. They have to figure out inside linebacker. That's a position where they could spend big, right? Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I mean, that's that that is a position. If you're going to get premier, you're going to have to pay big to get it. And Jared Davis is back, but he's not. We that came out yesterday, and you know anyone with a brain can see that that you know he he's probably a backup. But you know they bring him back, um, and they 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 hope maybe Darian Beavers can can show him something. But again, they need to go and get somebody, uh, probably a proven veteran at inside right. linebacker. And one one of the things that we gets um falls under the radar a lot too is the guys come back especially young players come back better you know come back better for you know they they work and they get into a system and they get more comfortable 
they, the Giants need a lot of that because they have a lot of young guys, uh, but they need guys to come back as, as better players in year two and year three, uh, even year four. You know, so, so, and Julian Love was an example of that, who came back better in his fourth year in the league. Uh, it's, it's the best he played by far. Uh, so you need you need a lot of those guys to do that. And if, if that happens, that also allows you to go to another level as a team. For sure. Um, and uh, we talked about the uh, the depth at outside linebacker. Jalen, in terms of inside linebackers, for some reason, Jalen Smith was not on that list for uh, – obviously, I don't think he'll be back, right? I mean, inconsistent, right? Yeah, and Landon Collins wasn't on the list either. That's I don't know. The list wasn't completely – obviously, we hit the main guys there right. anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, think, I think both of those are, guys are gone, yes. For sure, and then they got an overhaul that just ties into what we just said about inside linebacker needing to get some answers. They need to improve their run defense, which, which was a disaster last year, especially in, in the losses to the Eagles. We talked about the depth that needs to get better at, at, um, at outside linebacker, and so – uh, and then we'll see on safety if they don't bring back um, Julian Love. Do they go for C.J. Gardner-Johnson? Where do you fall on that? Yes. I mean, it depends on what his price tag is. Ultimately, um, would I pay him more than I paid Julian Love? I don't think I would. You know, Shane made the point yesterday, well, you don't know what you're bringing in um, when you start bringing free agents and you don't know the person as well as you do when you – get to see him in the combine and visit him in college. Um, you know, you know, if it's between me, the same price for Julian Love and, and Gardner Johnson, I, I go with Julian Love. You know what he is. You know, that, that's just my take on that. And then the Poyer point you brought up kind of hanging over that. Um, so uh, the old, the, you know, so the other one to look at, I think is number two corner and, and do they, uh, Again, their secondary needs to get better. I mean, people talk about it. What a good job Wink Martindale did. Okay, okay, that's that's fine. He did a pretty good job. But the Giants were 30th in PFF's defensive ratings. They were 28th against the run. They were 20th in pass rush, and they were 30th in coverage. Okay, so like, let's look at it from an objective perspective here. Obviously, they had personnel issues, but um, quite frankly, they didn't perform well enough on defense. I mean, they got. Their, their butts handed to them by the Eagles um, in, in the divisional round of the playoffs in run defense. And so they, they really did. And then you go back another game to look at where you had elite receiving town against was the Detroit Lions. Um, you know, when they had to play the Cowboys, they had nightmares with C.D. Lamb. Um, so that's those are the games where those things really um, manifested themselves. And you could see it on the field that, hey, they need to get better here. They did miss, and they did miss a Dory Jackson. They did miss Xavier McKinney. I get that when they were out, and they did perform well when Jackson was back against Justin Jefferson in the playoffs. So, like, yeah, there's like certainly moments to build on, but like, do you, do you could you see a reunion with James Bradbury as the Giants' one uh, A or number two corner there opposite of Dory Jackson? I, you know, I, I wouldn't if he was the right if, if Shane thought he was at the right price. I, yeah, he was terrific last year for the, for good. the Eagles. He's not. I don't think he's a number one cornerback. He probably benefited from playing uh, next uh, alongside Slay uh, in the secondary because he he didn't have to be the number one guy there. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a good player. So if you can bring back a good player, you, you bring back a good player. And he basically said, you know, he's got no ill will toward the Giants uh, at the Super Bowl. I talked to him, you know, so 
it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, there's some, there are some good corners out there. Um, you know, some of them are older, like a Patrick Peterson, but they need to get better there. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, that, that stat, when I looked it up yesterday um, or a couple of days ago, one interception from the cornerbacks, that's just, it's, it's unacceptable and has to be better. In, in, that's an, an incredible stat and in, in, in quite an indictment. Um, and the other thing to remember is that Adoree Jackson's entering the final year of his contract. Uh, so they'll have to, maybe they go out and try to draft a cornerback. <coughs> uh, bless you. A cornerback of the future. Uh, there, uh, because they are one off season, one season away from having like you know losing a Tor- Dory Jackson, not losing him, but you know who knows? I don't know if they'd resign him. Uh, he's got a 19 million cap hit. They can play with that a little bit to lower it because he's got a void year in 2024, as does Leonard Williams with that like insane uh, 32.2 million dollar cap hit because of the rework that they did before last year. Same he was, deal he was gonna, with that cap and he was going to play quarterback if they didn't sign Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I think they try to lower that. Like, I don't think a pay cut, they're not releasing Leonard Williams or Dory Jackson. They're all in to try to win. And these guys are pretty good players. Um, but the reality is 32 is really high. 19 is high, but 32 is insane. And so um, what do they do there? Could they, could they, could they rework something with a small extension and uh, kick the can down the road a little bit cap? cap hit wise we'll see but that's sort of where they're at in terms of the cap space situation entering free agency they you know they could free up more by doing something with williams and or jackson they're not certainly as desperate as last year um i don't think joe shane anyway like i said is even inclined to spend like enormously in free agency but they do have a lot like they do have a lot of roster holes so they have to address a bunch of things here in, in free agency in the draft or it's a still developing roster. I mean, that's pretty obvious, even though they overachieved last year. So that's why I think it's probably a volume approach to free agency. Um, yeah. And you know, we usually end this with a game prediction, but there's no game. So uh, <laughs> the, one, about- the one thing I would like to see him do at edge possibly to, to, to bring in depth would be a, a guy like a Justin Houston. I don't know. He's, a, you know, he's at the end of his career, but he had a really good year. Last year, how how old is Justin Houston? I think he's thirty three, maybe. Um, he, he just turned thirty four. Thirty four. Okay, he's thirty. He's thirty four, and he just had a year where he had nine and a half sacks, uh, which would have led the Giants um, for the Ravens. You know, so he's obviously played. He played the previous year under under Wink. I think like a guy like that would be gold for. Okay. You're coming and you're going to be productive for us. And you're also going to be Kayvon Thibodeau's uh, mentor, role model. Um, I think I think that would be a great sign. <laughs> Fascinating. That, that, that's a great point, Bob. I, I, then uh, the Baltimore connection is – I didn't honestly draw that connection because he played so long for the Chiefs. He, I, you know, he's kind of right. slipped under the radar a little bit having been in Baltimore. Um, people obviously know him mainly for being with the Chiefs, but – tremendous track record started 144 games would be a great mentor um by all accounts a pretty solid dude um yeah you know four-time pro bowler and so um 
Yeah, I, I think that that pretty much about does it in terms of wrapping up the Jones and Barkley stuff and looking ahead to free agency. And so, again, the, the, just the timeline to remember, noon Monday, March 13th, coming up in a few days here, four days from now, uh, that's when the negotiating window opens. So that's really when free agency starts. You'll see deals start to come out then, uh, even though the league year does not begin until 4 p.m. on Wednesday the 15th. Um, and so, of course, anyone who agrees to a deal, it's not binding until they sign it. On the, and you remember Anthony Barr and the Jets a couple years ago, he backed out. But usually the deals that are in get done. And, um, you know, as the NFL world awaits the Aaron Rodgers thing, the, the Giants were able to get something done with their own quarterback. And we'll see uh, what that leads to this year. Obviously, the schedule's tougher. Um, so since we usually end with a prediction, we'll have to I'll go yes or no here. All right. All things considered, they gave Giant Daniel Jones $82 million over two years with the escape hatch after year two, um, with a chance for it to turn into one twelve and a half over three years. Will Joe Shane regret giving this contract to Daniel Jones? Yes or no? I'm going to say no, because I think he's going to build this team. I think he's going to do a good job of building this team around him. Um, will the Giants win a Super Bowl in the in the let's make it a three-year window that this contract is, uh, you know, probably going to be. Um, I, I don't know that, but I, I think the Giants are going to remain in a, a competitive playoff-type team. And once you get there, if you're the hot team, you, you can you can make a run at it. Uh, so I don't. Uh, my answer to, to make my prediction is no, he will not regret this contract. I agree. I don't think he'll regret it. And I, and he didn't overspend. And I don't think Daniel Jones gets cut that after two years um, in terms of the, you know, it was good. Um, thanks for bringing that up with this. Will, will they succeed in three years? I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to, in these three years, uh, and this is all legally binding these predictions, by the way. So we're going to get arrested if we're not right. The, uh, uh, the, the giants will cap out in the NFC championship game in this three-year window, they will not make the Super Bowl. The Eagles will prove too difficult to overcome with their core and Jalen hurts. Um, and so I think that that's a major obstacle standing in the giants way to say nothing of the fact that the, that the Cowboys have also owned them as the Eagles have in recent years. So they got to get overcome a couple of really good teams in their division, but I think the giants will cap out with an NFC championship game run and loss uh, in this three-year window and oh, then prediction what's that i said that's a really bold prediction you're predicting what round they're going out in sure yeah i think that like you said i i agree with you that they'll have some success i don't think it'll be a total failure so i don't think he'll fully regret the contract but i don't think daniel jones is going to get them to where they need to go i haven't seen enough yet obviously we're doing a lot of projecting here based on what they're going to do to build around him i mean joe shane seems like a smart gm i'm still waiting to see you know we need to see more um, then the question just becomes like after year three, what do they do? Do they just like cut the cord? Um, do they double down and keep trying with Daniel Jones? Um, I think if you, if you're three years in with a guy on a second contract and at that point he's what? 30, seven years into his career. Uh, I think, I think you have to, I think you have to move on. Um, and you draft a quarterback, you know, and hope he becomes Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. So that's, yeah, that's a long view. That that view though is what if what if it's they lose twenty nine to twenty six in the NFC Championship game? I know that's what makes it hard. So that's yeah. what makes it hard. I mean, if in that but last year, right? This goes back to your Alex Smith 
slash Carson Wentz. Well, Carson Wentz was clearly in decline when clearly in decline and also falling out of favor in the Eagles locker room when they got rid of him. So they were, I mean, he, the, the good, they were, he was good enough that they were able to trade him. And that's where, um, that's where it worked out great for Howie Roseman because he was able to get some compensation for him trade wise while moving yeah. the contract. Um, it, was, it was stunning that he was, but <laughs> right. And they, they had to eat some of the dead money or whatever, I guess. Right. There was some pain there from that perspective, but it all worked out great for the Eagles. And um, you know, even if everyone thought, it's interesting to see, you know, because there's people looked at the Carson Wentz thing. Oh, they paid him quarterback of the future. And that's what kind of everyone's looking at Daniel Jones, perhaps, and thinking now Wentz was better before he got paid big uh, in terms of the stats. But then it kind of all just went south for Carson Wentz. And then they, you know, they draft Jalen Hurts and everyone thought, geez, what a crazy pick. Who knows? What is Howie Roseman doing? Like, you never know how this is going to turn out, right? And no, just, my favorite stat of the postseason was the – Last 18 quarterbacks to lose the Super Bowl never went back. <laughs> lose lose the to lose their their first trip to the Super Bowl uh, never went back. Wow, so wow! I love that stat. <laughs> I wonder who is the who was the guy before that there because there was someone right someone yeah had to be somebody before that, that. I, I haven't gone back that far to look. Um, you know, oh. I, I'd have to I'd have to really look at. it. But that's that's a long time. I mean, that's probably what thirty years, forty years. Yeah. Yep, at, wow. least, at least that long. Because you're so you're. Let's see if we can. That would be a tough one to figure out on the fly, but that certainly describes Jalen Hurts and yeah. um, Joe you know, Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow's on that list now. Um, sure. We we can go back a a long time. Um, yeah, I mean, you probably include guys like Jake DeLome, right? You know, or wasn't he the quarterback of the Panthers that year? 2003, four. Yeah, so, so sometimes like Donovan McNabb's in there. Sure. Um, yep. It's uh, not always going to be a young quarterback, but uh, Matt, Matt Hasselback is in there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some blasts from the past there. And, um, and so the Giants, that's the goal. That's the goal. I mean, and then certainly to build off the last, last year's divisional round playoff run and, um, so I think give the bottom line is give Joe Chain credit for getting these two things done. And he got the Jones deal done. He didn't overspend. He was able to lock up Saquon Barkley, take away all his leverage to a point where they can keep him without overspending. Everything worked out great for for Joe Shane so far. A lot more work to do. Um, but yeah, uh, any anything else to add? I think we tied it all up. I, th- I think we did. I think we. It only took us how long to do this? We were... yeah, hour fifteen minutes. So man, this is. This is quality stuff that people are getting this week. <laughs> uh, appreciate everybody listening. Uh, be sure to uh, rate, review, like, and subscribe to us on all, all your podcasting platforms. And as always, nj.com slash giants. Uh, we'll have plenty of stuff up there in the coming days as free agency approaches uh, and and throughout free agency, of course, and then throughout the offseason. We'll, we'll get back with you guys probably I would say maybe later this month. How about that? Like to wrap up free agency and look ahead to the, to the owners meetings um, because this all goes pretty quickly next week. I mean, that it'll be a really a one week thing with a little trickle over into the next week. So um, by the end of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament there on, on March the 19th, the Sunday, we'll have a pretty good idea of what this giants uh, roster will look like for, for Daniel Jones and company in 2023. So stay tuned and uh, everyone have a good one. Take care.